Talk Radio. Three from Hell, 
those movies aren't great, but if if you're like I don't know, maybe it's just from the era that I was raised, but I think if you characters and you make more than one movie about them, there's got to be at least three. I don't know that. That's just something I've always. Well, that's always at the driven. end of the Devil's Rejects, they're fucking dead. I mean, there's just no way to dance around it. They're dead. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> but you have seen Three from Hell, right? Some, like. Yeah. Some it's happen- all right. Happen- I like it. But yeah, I you're like right. The way they- the characters grow. What I like about the House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and Through from Hell is how the characters actually grow as characters and aren't just killers who show up and kill a bunch of motherfuckers and then get killed and wait for the next movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, they grow and mature as killers. <laughs> well, no, in the third one, it's... Uh, uh, Otis having them having to deal with Captain Spaulding's death, and Otis having to take over the family and stuff, and baby yeah. losing her mind because her father gets killed. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Character arcs yeah. is getting you because uh, most of the time it's just oh great the killer shows up again. Yeah, especially uh, especially. Um, Devil's Rejects, man, that movie was pretty much just straight up torture porn, you know? Like, there was, there wasn't really oh, a lot Devil's of... Devil's Rejects is just a straight up 70s hardcore fucking drive-in movie. Right. Uh, that, it, uh, Devil's Rejects reminds me of, uh, uh, what's, uh, what's the movie where, where they kidnap the girl and bury her alive? Uh, Candy... Well, the Candy Snatchers, yeah. Yeah, Candy Snatchers. That's and if the you kind guys haven't seen that, get it from uh, uh, Vinegar Syndrome. That is a jaw dropper. Yeah, yeah. It, that movie is disturbing. Yeah. <clears throat> there are certain movies that I put on at my house when I want people to leave my house, and that's one of them. <laughs> But the, one of the messed up things is that not only is it disturbing, the Candy Snatchers is one hell of a black comedy, too. Yeah, yeah. With that whole bit yep. where they have, like, uh, the box of granola. Why do we have a granola for? Yep. Because bird watchers eat granola. Oh, <laughs> that's smart. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a few movies that I throw on when I'm when when the party's over and I want people to leave my house. That's one of them. Uh, Man behind the sun is another one. If you've Blood. never if if you've never seen Man behind the sun, listeners, uh, I would not recommend it unless you have a very strong stomach. <laughs> <laughs> because everything in this movie is document in it is documented fact. Yeah. Ugh. Well. But since the topic of our show tonight is uh you know, bad movies by directors that we love. Well let's and get we back talking... to the couple of things. Which cut of uh 
clips now did you like the most? I still like the original cut the best. I don't I don't care for the redux that much. Oh, the redux. Uh, the yeah, third no. cut, which just came out this year, was actually pretty goddamn good. The second yeah, half yeah, plays I mean, a hell of a lot better. But I don't know. I get irritated with these directors who go back and tinker. Like I know we've talked about this before with like Lucas, and we've we've agreed it's it's their, you know, their toy. Yeah, it's their they toy can play. Land, but... It's their toy. They can play with it however they want. But um, I can't remember if we talked about this uh, uh, last week when we did the show. But uh, my least favorite Coppola film is Jack. I that movie yeah. is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but and don't forget, uh, there's a, if you get the box set, there's. Four or five different cuts of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's not Coppola, though. That's that's Spielberg. I know. I'm yeah. just saying it's another one like uh, there's like uh, the ones that are on the I've got the set. It's uh, the theatrical cut, the redo cut, and the final cut. Huh. I've never seen that. No. Nope. Uh, but if we're talking about Spielberg, I'll tell you what my least favorite film of his is, and I don't think it's going to be a big surprise, but I friggin' hate Hook. That movie is terrible. Oh, God. What the hell was that? <laughs> what the hell were all of those people thinking with Hook? <laughs> right? And, again, you know me, I'm a stand-up comedian, and I'm a big fan of Robin Williams, of course, because, you know, he's like a giant in the stand-up comedy world. But yeah. even even in that movie, I have to be like, nope, nope, sorry, Mr. Williams, I'm walking away from this one. <laughs> yeah. The worst uh, thing yeah, about that, that is... Uh... Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. So, that was even worse than Julia Roberts playing herself in the, uh, which one of the Oceans movies was it that she played herself? It wasn't Oceans 11. Was Oceans uh, 12 or 13, I forget. The Oceans films I never cared for either. They were just cotton candy fluff. Yeah. And that they were basically the same type of deal as what Adam Sandler does when he wants to make a movie. They're like, you know, let's just get a bunch of my friends together and get a studio to pay for us to go yeah, on vacation. Yeah, paid vacation, yeah. Yeah, paid vacation to do a fluff movie, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, Here's a different one. What's your least favorite Coen Brothers movie? Oh, The Lady Killers. The Lady Killers. That is easily I've my least favorite. I've gotten chewed out for my pick before, and that's a simple man. 
Well, a simple man. My wife wanted to watch that the other night because she's a Coen Brothers fan and she had never seen it before and it popped up on Netflix. And I told her, I said, it's kind of slow, not a lot happens, and it's pretty much. And I know this is a difficult. This is a difficult sale for me because, you know, as we always discuss, I love Tarantino, but it's a difficult sell for me to say it's mostly just people talking about stuff that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Although I guess, you know, although I, although I guess a simple man does have, you know, the conversations do have more merit than, say, your general Tarantino talking about, Madonna songs or and, and then all of a sudden a tornado comes and kills everybody for no fucking reason then the movie <laughs> right <laughs> right boom end of movie no i i hated the lady killers uh that that was my oh, least God, favorite oh god that movie was just just i give you that one too that one's just bad yeah there's nothing good about it like I don't even know what they were going for with that. And, I mean, now, honestly, I don't like the original version of The Lady Killers either. Like, I I, yeah. I don't, I just don't enjoy the film. I don't, I guess I just don't enjoy the story. I, it, it, maybe well, if I read. I am with uh, Red Harvest. Right. Yeah. Which means I don't like Yojimbo. I don't like a fistful of dollars. <laughs> right, right. It makes like 20 or 30 fucking films I don't like just because it's fucking Red Harvest. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's sad because, you know, I mean, I understand the Lady Killers was a remake, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, although I know they uh, they based it more off the novel than the than the book. I mean, uh, uh, what's it called the the Rooster Rooster Cogburn uh, True uh, Grit True Grit Yeah Yeah, and they did a great job with True Grit, but. Yeah. They claim they, they claim that they based it more off the novel than, um, than, you know, the original film. But I mean, that's a great film. They they did a great job with that. Oh but, God, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I mean, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about but, bad you know, films. You know, film like, like the Coen Brothers. I've always had to defend more than anything. Let me have it. Crime Wave. Oh, Crime Wave. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's that is a rough one to defend. It it's not. No, it isn't. It's, not, it's just that people don't like it. Yeah, just, and I think it's hilarious. I mean, Paul Smith and Byron James are fucking hilarious as the two bad guys. It reminds me. Uh, it reminds me of. Uh, uh, what, what what were we? I think we were talking about this. I don't think we talked about it on air, but uh, I think we compared it to uh, Scorsese's uh, uh, 
we had an idea in mind. We were talking about uh, what do you call it? Scorsese's uh, after hours. Oh, after hours. Yeah, it's it's yeah. similar to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, if if people haven't seen it, they should definitely see it. It it's a it's a fun and funny movie, and it was written co-written by Sam Raimi, but. Don't expect the blood and gore that you uh, love so much from the uh, Evil Dead films. Although, but if you expect uh, Bruce Campbell at, his, at one of his funniest, then definitely yeah. watch it. And especially watch it if you're a fan of the Three Stooges, because there's a lot uh, of Three Stooges-style antics in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially the scene where uh, uh, Byron James is trying to get the pack of cigarettes out of the trunk. I mean, out of the glove box, and he gets keeps getting his fingers shut up in them. <laughs> All right. And there are two voices in there. I mean, I just love it. Him going, <laughs> just oh, he's got that voice so much. And Byron James has that mouthy voice. <laughs> right? <laughs> or one of my favorite coin lines ever, what kind of son of a bitch would take a man and kill him and put and put shaving cream all over his mouth? My dad. <laughs> <laughs> So, speaking of Sam Raimi, what's your least favorite Sam Raimi film? Think of the one film that would get me killed and shot in public by 99.90% of Sam Raimi fans. (laughs) If you say Evil Dead, you're going to be in trouble. No, not Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2. Really? You don't... That's your least favorite Sam Raimi film? Yes. Huh. So what? what is it about it that you don't like? It's crap. It's not <laughs> even the movie intended to make. He, he, they shot it for an R rating and then found out they were going to be unrated, so they made this boring piece of crap where the only good thing about it is Ted Raimi is Henrietta. Everything else in it is just boring. <laughs> All right. Agree to disagree. Yeah, go I, fuck I yourself, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> My least favorite Sam Raimi is for Love of the Game. Do you remember that oh, nightmare? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. A friggin' baseball movie. I mean, I I I'm not a big baseball fan anyway. But then when a director that I that I enjoy makes a baseball movie, I'm already it's just one, like. And it's one of those cinema, sentimental, smaltzy pieces of crap. That's that's every baseball movie. The only baseball not- movie that's been fun in the entire world is a league of their own. Fuck 
fuck you, the bingo long traveling all stars. <laughs> all right. If you say so. You don't uh, like how evil can you diss a movie where uh, Richard Plyer plays a black man pretending mm-hmm. to be a Cuban? And Ken Foray and Ken Foray in his first role with James Earl Jones and uh, Lando Calrissian himself in it. All right, I'll give you that one. But you don't like Evil Dead too, so from here on in, we're treading lightly because I have <laughs> you're you're suspect. You're suspect. People forget that Evil Dead 2 was a horrible flop when it came out. This is sad, but Switchboard beat it at the box office. Right? Yeah, well, I think the, the thing about Evil Dead 2, I think, the reason why it flopped hard is because people who were fans of Evil Dead went back to the theater or the drive-in probably at that point, expecting another, like, freak out. And Evil Dead 2 is gory, but it's more of a comedy than a horror movie. Yeah. And the one thing on the fence that its detractors will hate is that the... They had to basically reshoot the whole first 20 fucking minutes because they could not get the rights to the footage to Evil Dead. Right. That's been a historical fact with Evil Dead. They had to reshoot footage from Evil Dead 2 for Army of Darkness because they didn't have the rights to fucking (laughs) Evil Dead 2. Oh, that... That reminds me, uh, yesterday, I I had never watched this before, but yesterday I was scrolling through um, Netflix or Amazon Prime, Hulu, whatever, I don't know, I have them all, but uh, I watched uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, which I had never watched, I had never watched before, that has a bunch of... That has a bunch of footage from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre in it. It's like, Man, it's a piece of shit. I didn't say it was a good movie. I just said I watched it, Stephen. <laughs> but yeah. I would defend the two Platinum Dunes films for one reason. Okay. Arlie Ermey is a fucking brilliant addition to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. Right. Right. I well, just wish always... that Arlie Ermey and uh, Jim Seidel would have got the chance yep. to act together in a Take This Chainsaw Massacre film as a brothers. That would have been so fucking beautiful. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's always he's always fun. Uh, Okay, what's your favorite? What's your favorite Toby Toby Hooper film? My favorite Toby Hooper film? Yeah. Um. No, I don't know. I I do like Texas Chainsaw Massacre a lot. Uh, 
but I also really like Life Force. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard one to pick. I agree with you on what? both. If you haven't seen, this is everyone out there, the one hour and 50 minute cut of Life Force, you haven't seen Life Force. Yeah, right? Yeah. Now, if you want to know my least favorite, my my least favorite Toby Hooper movie, and this is kind of funny, because a friend of mine and I, when we worked at the video store together, we used to rent this movie all the time and bring it home just to make fun of it, The Mangler. Oh, that's unique. Most would say uh, spontaneous combustion. Oh, no. No, no, the mangler's way worse. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I ain't going to fight you. They took one (laughs) of uh, Stephen King's stupidest stories and made it even stupider. (laughs) Right? And... We used to we used to bring it home like for for a while not not eternally but we used to bring it home at least once a week and make fun of it you know because uh, Ted Levine is so terrible in that movie like I love Ted Levine in uh, Silence of the Lambs but... yeah. He's not a hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll buy him as a killer or something like that, but not as a hero. <laughs> right? There, like we used to. We this was our favorite thing. There's a line in the Mangler where the photographer, uh, <laughs> where Ted Levine asks the crime scene photographer. You know, have I ever let you down? And the crime scene photographer says, once. So they never expand on that. So that became like our quote at work. That became our quote at work whenever someone was like, whenever someone was like, hey, uh, you know, can you do this for me? I'd be like, have you ever let me down? And then my coworker would always say, once. (laughs) Yep. After uh, spontaneous combustion, God, Toby Hooper went. You could just hear that toilet flush. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know this is a. a, I mean, I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. It's a fun movie to watch, but yeah. It's not him at his best. Uh, Invaders from Mars, I really like the way it looks. Like, it has a really nice visual aesthetic to it. But, I mean, it's just a tired remake of a movie, again, that wasn't good in the first place, you know? Yeah. But then, then what, uh, what else do we got? 
uh, Night Terrors, the one with uh, Robert England as the Marquis de Sade. Oh, gosh, yeah. I forgot all about that one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Eating Alive. Right. Yep. There's only one good thing about eating eating alive. What's that? William Finley getting down on all fours and barking like a dog for no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So while we're talking about Toby Hooper, what's your what's your thought? What are your thoughts on the whole theory that Spielberg actually directed Poltergeist and just threw it? To Toby Hooper as a bone to help uh, further his career. You you think that you think that rumor has any legs, or is that just a Hollywood rumor? The story is that because of the bullshit Hollywood D A G J D A G rules, a director could not direct two films at once. Okay. And what and film was... Spielberg wanted to direct both Poltergeist and E.T. back-to-back. But right. because he had to give one of them up because of the D.A.G. rules and the movie had already been booked and everything set up, he gave it over to Tobey Hooper because he loved uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. But you can't deny that if you if if someone who had never seen a Spielberg movie and you just threw Poltergeist in there, it definitely has the look and a feel of a Spielberg movie. Yeah. But don't forget Spielberg made two of the best horror films of the seventies. Yeah. Throw them Duel up, man. And Jaws. Yeah. Duel's the underrated yeah. That one's fucking great. Yeah, I I like Duel a lot, and uh, I show it to people all the time because a lot of people don't realize that that, you know, that that was his first real, real uh, movie. I mean, he did short, you know. What did he do before that, like, night? Gallery or Sugarland Express. Yeah, though, but that stuff. Yeah, he did a lot of TV stuff before Duel. But oh, Sugarland Express was a theatrical film with uh, Goldie Hawn. Huh. Yeah, I I vaguely remember it, but yeah, Duel was the first. Well, of course, like. Most people our age, Jaws was my first big, like, Spielberg experience. Yeah. But, but, uh, but, yeah, you can tell the moments where Toby did it, and you could tell the moments when Spielberg did it. There was right. just that thumbprint there. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a weird. I mean, I don't know. It's been that's been popping up on my Netflix 
again recently, and I've been because thinking about of, uh, that uh, show that Shutter did called Cursed, where they uh, hashed out the same old stories again about the history of horror movies. They did The Omen, The Exorcist. Uh, yeah. Poltergeist. Yeah. They won't rehash shit that we known before. Yeah, I haven't watched any of it. It keeps po- that keeps popping up on my TV too, telling me to watch it. But I, 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 even before I thought about watching it, I already knew exactly what you just said. I'm like, I already know all these rumors. I already know all these stories. I don't. I don't need to watch it, you know. Yeah. What? What? What's it, it's called? You like, remember like, uh, what directors and what movie caused the rule where two people can't direct the film at once to be overturned? No, I don't. Uh, Raising Arizona. Oh. So was that? What we were talking about before, when they were working on raising Arizona, they were they were also working on Crime Wave then too. No, what happened was is that that before raising Arizona and the Coens. Yeah. The rule was you had to have one director on the movie and on the credits, and the Coens were like, "Fuck that shit! We both did it." <laughs> right. I've, I mean, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I've heard rumors that you know they they don't both direct. They usually take turns. One directs and the other one uh, produces. But they're both still there every day, and they yeah, write they, the movies. Yeah, so. but still, they did that so they could both take the credit for it. Right. Right. Well. Deserve the for them were stupid. Like uh, uh, you can't direct two films at once. Right? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that. But then again, you have to think Hollywood has changed a lot. You know, it used to be when you know, like we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, it's like nowadays directors go around hat in hand asking different uh, studios, hey, can I have some money for the movie that I have in mind? And we were talking about this last week or the week before about it's ridiculous that you get someone like Martin Scorsese having to go to a studio and beg for money. But remember, old Hollywood, before the 70s, you you just used to sign with a studio, and they'd be like, all right, you're going to make, Three yeah, the auteur era when motherfuckers could be like, "I'm goddamn Martin Scorsese, give me some money." I'm goddamn <laughs> right. That used to be a thing. Yeah, so yeah. it's a lot different. It's a lot different now, and you know, it's kind of funny because I think about, uh, I think about, uh, you know. I never really thought about it before, but you know uh, the Joe Dante movie matinee. Uh, where they have the they have the fake protesters out front that don't don't want cable TV because it's going to ruin the movie industry. Yeah. And, and, and now your, to think uh, about it, 
Now you brought it up. Well, What's your least favorite Joe Dante film? I want to get uh, killed. I've already got my flame proof underwear on, so what's your <laughs> I don't know. I, I I love Joe Dante. Like, he's, I don't know. I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite directors per se, but I definitely, he's directed a lot of movies that I love. So, uh, I don't know. I, I guess if I had to, if I had to say something, I'd say uh, Small Soldiers. I yeah, mean, that was crap. Yeah. Now, I'm already on thin water, so I'm about to bu- I'm on thin ice, so I'm about to bust through it. All right. Gremlins 2 sucks. What? Gremlins, Gremlins 2 sucked when it came out. Gremlins 2 sucked when it hit video, and it still sucks. Hey. Gremlins 2 had the President of the United States in it, Stephen. We cannot disparage Gremlins 2. It still sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I Gremlins 2 is, is a fun, like, Gremlins 2 is a movie I put on on a Saturday afternoon when I'm going to, doze off on the couch taking a nap because it's it's basically like a Saturday morning cartoon so you know I kind of just doze off watching it there's only moments of it I like like if you look in the background and this should show you the kind of uh, stuff that Joe Dante was going through the film one of the gremlins you know the gremlin has WB tattooed on uh, his chest? <laughs> yeah. If you see it in the foreground, in the very back when it's small, above it is the word fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I also, if we're talking about Joe Dante, like I said, small soldiers, I also don't like explorers uh that much. That that we were just talking about Spielberg. Explorers seems like it was kind of a like like Joe Dante trying to take a piece out of Spielberg's pie, like, oh, I can make a movie like him, you know, like an E. T. or you know what I mean, like a whimsical oh yeah. childhood you oh, know, yeah. yeah, it sucked, too. But the with Saw Soldiers is it tried, it was the exact same film as Gremlins. Yeah, right. But, I mean, we have to, I have to give Small Soldiers credit for at least the fact that it, uh, it predated Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that it had the Dirty Dozen as the toy soldiers. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It wasn't completely terrible, but it's just like, after after Gremlins and his segment in Twilight Zone, the movie, and, oh, Erie, Indiana, and... 
Uh, if you want a crappy Joe Dante movie, I mean, I just thought about it. Never mind. Uh, what was that one that he did that went straight to video? Not that. Uh, about the guy's girlfriend coming back. Oh, burying yeah. Burying the ex. Yeah, burying the ex. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that was no, no, that was nothing. Okay, who directed uh, American John Landis? What's your least favorite John Landis film? And I won't get booed for mine, and it's the truth, but I'm still gonna get booed for it. What's your <laughs> least favorite Landis? Uh, am I gonna have to say Banana Monster? <laughs> hey, <laughs> that has. Uh, Ackerman in it. It gets a tiny pass. <laughs> right. Banana Monster. I love that. I love the trailer for that. I I watch that. I have, you know, a bunch of those DVDs that just have trailers on them. Uh, yeah. Banana Monster. Yeah. That, that one pops up all the time. Um, boy, I don't know, man. John Landon. Well, let me huh. just- Say mine while you're thinking. Twilight Zone the movie. Yeah. Do you know why? Because his segment murdered someone? Yes, he murdered three people. Murdered. <laughs> There's just no right. other way to put it. He murdered them. <laughs> yep. Um... Yeah, that that was terrible. I mean, that was a terrible way to. Well, I I want to say a terrible way to end a movie shoot, but I think that was at the beginning of the movie shoot. I think that was one of the first segments they recorded. But. Yeah, what happened was that they were they. It was in the middle because they had already cut one segment of the movie because they wanted to put Spielberg's segment in. But when uh, Landis murdered somebody, they cut his segment out and added this another segment, which was the best goddamn segment of the movie. Well, yeah, my we were just talking. My favorite part of the movie is is Joe Dante's remake of uh, "It's a Good Life." Yeah, that's my. Well, mine favorite. was this uh, little Aussie director who just made this big giant hit over in the U.S. Who they really didn't think was going to be anything. That would right. be George Miller's Terror at Twenty Thousand Feet. Yeah, that was a that was a good one too. I think they're gonna yeah. cut out for that crappy kick the can saying we're gonna cut out fucking George Miller's. <laughs> right. God, that was. All right. If if I have to go full on least favorite uh, John Landis movie, I'm going to go with Beverly Hills Cop 3. How about that? Oh, God. 
I don't know what's worse, uh, the fact that you said that or the fact that I actually seen it in the theaters and I was praying it would be decent. Oh, no. <laughs> nope. Never saw it in the theaters, I'll tell you that much. But, yeah. <clears throat> That's terrible. Uh, I don't know. But, again, now this kind of goes against what I said before where I said if you're going to make two movies, you got to make three. And, of course, the original Beverly Hills Cop is a classic. I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a dumb comedy, but you can still watch it and laugh every time you watch it, even, you know, it's not a movie yeah, that I it's own. Fun. And, yeah, it's bizarrely, it created, it changed forensic science. <laughs> really? Tell me yeah, you know that bit with uh, super glue and the thumbprint? Right. The two writers created that. And so they right. were looking for a fingerprint in the crime case pretty much maybe uh, four or five months after the movie came out. So they're like, I wonder if this would work in the real world. And holy shit, it did. Huh. I never knew that. So, while we're talking about George Miller, what's your least favorite George Miller film? I got one right Bad on the tip. On Thunderdome. Yeah, me too. I was like, I got one right on the tip of my tongue, and it's Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Oh my gosh. That movie is so terrible. Uh, and... I I hate the fact that it's part of the whole Mad Max series because, you know, Fury wrote Mad Max is good. Road Warrior is so good. Fury Road is so good. How did we get stuck with Beyond Thunderdome in the middle there? I mean, primony. That's easy. Uh, The main stunt coordinator of... Mad Max and Road Warrior got killed filming uh, Beyond Thunderdome. And every bit of the movie that sucks, a.k.a. the middle, was the whole time that George Miller left the production to bury his friend and to mourn his friend. So the good parts of Beyond Thunderdome are the stuff when George Miller was there. Right. Huh. I never knew that, but it makes sense. I'm surprised no one died on the set of Fury Road. That the that, You read all the articles about that stuff and you're like really those were all practical stunts like holy crap like (laughs) that was there were some nutty stunts on that set oh and another one I could think that's not that good for him is Lorenzo's oil yeah it was it's not a bad movie. It's just not really in his wheelhouse, you know, but 
Then again, we have to remember that this is the same director who brought us two movies about a talking pig and two movies That's- about dancing penguins. So, <laughs> yeah, don't forget the talking pig movies actually worked, and that's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they're not bad movies. It's just you now, know. Happy Feet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. Just. I know you <laughs> like doing your cute animal movies, George, but. Uh, <laughs> But I think this is one of those situations that you and I have talked about before where I think I think the Babe movies and the Happy Feet movies, I think, are more of the uh, I'm going to do a studio job so I can get the money to make the next movie that I actually want to make type of situation, you know? Yeah. That's just my I don't know. Maybe but, George yeah, Miller. I mean, really, what's good makes, about Thunderdome makes what's bad about it suck even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love right? Tina Turner and Beyond Thunderdome Dome, and the whole Thunderdome thing is badass. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you Thunderdome. That is badass, but I fucking hate Tina Turner in that movie. And no, Tina Turner's you good. Wait, we finished. Nope. Those you fucking know what? You idiot backwoods feral kids. I want to take every one of those out back and just line them up against the wall. <laughs> and boom, 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 boom. Oh. You know I don't curse often, Stephen, and when I say I fucking hate Tina Turner in that movie, you know I'm serious. Now, I don't yeah, hate Tina I Turner. I love the ending of her character arc. Uh, she could just kill him. She just like said, ain't we a pair of raggedy man? Then boom, I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, next uh, is... Uh, one we didn't touch, and that's Wes Craven. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I. I thought. I thought long and hard about this one because. I. Wes Craven is a tough nut to crack. I like a lot of his movies. But, yeah, I mean. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have to go with, I think, uh, I don't know. Like, some of his movies, I really like the way that they look, but I don't like the way that they play out. I think I'm going to have to go with Deadly Blessing. Yeah, that one's bad. But yeah. then again, it has the whole scene where uh, Sharon Stone is afraid of spiders for real. So Wes Craven put a spider in her mouth for real. <laughs> Do you know why? Right. Mm, no. 
Sharon Stone was fucking his, was screwing his wife. So he's like, I'm going to get me some of that tasty payback. <laughs> and you're forgetting the movie that's 40% of a good movie, and that's The Hills Have Eyes too. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Hills Have Eyes Part 2? Is yeah. that what you said? Did I yeah. hear you say that? You don't have Eyes Part 2? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. But the thing is, that movie's one of those you get drunk with your friends and watch and have fun. I mean, the dog has a freaking flashback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I won't pay for uh, money for it, but if it's like a dollar, I'd be like, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> I also, another one of his movies that I don't care for very much is Deadly Friend, which is ironic since Deadly Blessing is one of my least favorite. Deadly Friend, I also don't care much for. Uh, it's just it, It's just too hokey for me. The only yeah. there's there's only one scene I like in Deadly Friend, and that's when the basketball blows the dude's head up. But how that's the, just because I it's know. a girl, and fuck. how the fuck did that movie get an R rating? <laughs> right. I mean that head goes splats, and it gets an right. R rating. <laughs> about this before. I don't remember if it was on one of our podcasts or if we wrote about it in one of our uh, one of our articles for the website, yeah. but I'm not a big fan of Swamp Thing either. I mean, it's it's not a terrible movie, but it get it it starts off strong and then kind of spirals the drain towards the end. Once the Oh god, yeah. The, that's because they ran. What? This is what happens when your movie runs out of money. Right. It's when like, you can say Jim Wynorski did a better version of the movie that I did, you screwed up. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But. And here's another one we didn't touch, and that. Uh, David Lynch. Yeah. Well, you're going to take the lead on this one because we've already talked about it, but I don't think we're going to agree. For me, and I know the fans are going to hate me, Eraserhead. Really? Eraserhead? Yeah. When when we talked about it before, you said you didn't. You said Inland Empire. Yeah, well, both now of them, because they have the same problem. <laughs> uh, Frank Zappa okay. had a term he called it uh, guitar wanking. Right. And it's where you just sit around and go with no point, no structure. And both of those 
are guilty of that. You you didn't think that you didn't think that there was any point to Inland Empire. You just thought it was wanking. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I I can see that. I mean, I think there's an element to it that we don't really understand because I think he was I think he was trying to make a commentary about working in Hollywood, but at the same time it's David Lynch, so he's kind of insane. None of us ever are ever going to know what the heck is going on in his head, you know. So, I don't know. But I do love that but. short. Where is, uh, where is Jack that premiered on uh, Netflix last year? That was fucking awesome. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I really liked that newest. Uh, season of Twin Peaks. I thought that was really good. I mean, yeah. I okay, got a little now, What's your least favorite David Lynch? My least favorite David Lynch. Oh, this is a tough one for me because he's one of my favorite directors. Uh, ugh. I might have to say and. This one, this is the one that might get me killed, but Elephant Man, uh, I don't know. It's it's the least David Lynch of David Lynch films, and uh, excuse I, me. Well, the Straight Story, okay. Mm. The Straight Story is the least David Lynch of David Lynch films. Or did you have another one in mind? No, you're right. The day, straight story. But I like I like the straight story. It's it's sentimental, and you know, sad and sentimental. But it's also fun and uplifting. And I do like the Elephant Man. But if I had to pick my least favorite David Lynch film, I would probably pick that one just because I like his more weird out there stuff. And I know we talked about this last week and uh, a little bit, and I know that most people would say that Dune is their least favorite David Lynch movie, but I I don't know. I, I like Dune. It's, it's got a weird flavor to it that I enjoy, you know, so Especially I don't know. Especially the, uh, the Alan Smithy cut of it. Yeah, right? But, yeah, I can see why I can see why you why, uh, you know, I can see why you don't like uh, Inland Empire, but like I said, I think that was supposed to be David Lynch's comment on what it's like to work in Hollywood and and that's a you know that's a realm that you and I don't really know. I mean, we know a lot about movies, but we don't really know what it's like to actually have to work in Hollywood and you know deal with all that nonsense. So yeah. you know. So 
Blue Velvet when you know how much I love Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I got something to beat you. I watch Pulp Fiction in Knoxville. Speaking of other directors that I wanted to talk about a little bit, uh, I was thinking of John Waters. Do you have a favorite or least favorite John Waters film? Uh, least favorite I've got two, and one will probably get me killed. One is Cecil B. Demented. Nope, and that's one of my that that's one of my least favorite too. Uh, I'm on the and same the page. And the other is Cry Baby. A dirty shame. That one's all right. Yeah, you're right. That one's all right. There's only one thing I love about Cry Baby we talked about before where uh, uh, Susan, uh, I forget her name. Yeah. Susan Tyrell knocked the shit out of uh, Tracy Lord's Thundercut herself. (laughs) Right. No, I think uh, Cecil B. Demented and The Dirty Shame are my least favorites of his. Uh, Yeah. I think now this is one of those situations that I go through with the Tarantino paradox. Now, my my favorite Tarantino movie is Pulp Fiction. But I think his best movie, his most accomplished, polished movie, is Jackie Brown, even to this day. Uh, I know a lot of people are really getting into his new stuff, and I appreciate that, but, you know, as as good as uh, Inglorious Bastards is, I can't gloss over the fact that all of a sudden we're pretending that the bastards killed Hitler. Like that's I don't know. That's just silly to me. Like I don't. Well, not if only- I had to pick my all-time favorite Tarantino, I'm just going to quote my favorite line from the movie, which you can only see if you see a certain version of it. Right. I knew you was the killer, cause you're one ugly son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm one of the few who think that Hateful Eight is his best film. I'm a very rare breed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, like Tarantino is my favorite. I'm always gonna love anything that he puts out, even yeah. though we talk. You know, we talked about this before when we had to when we had to rate Tarantino. I think we both agreed that Death Proof was his uh, worst movie, but he says the same thing. So, uh, oh, I but said yeah. uh, Four Rooms. Oh yeah, his segment in Four Rooms. Yeah, we agreed on that because that's just a rip off of an old Alfred Hitchcock episode, which is which had already been redone. They had already redone it. Uh, from the original Alfred ah. Hitchcock 
80s Alfred Hitchcock. But don't forget, I'm a, I'm a 70s drive-in guy. I know death proof. That's the problem. He raised with what he thought was a grindhouse film, which was a 70s fucking Southern drive-in movie. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. But, so, in that same vein, when it comes to your favorite movie by a director versus what you think their best movie is. Uh, Again, Pulp Fiction is my favorite Tarantino movie, but I think Jackie Brown was his most polished film. This goes to what we were talking about earlier. Like once he got up beyond uh, Jackie Brown, you know, I mean, even after Pulp Fiction, he had so much clout that he could do whatever he wanted and he made Jack Brown, you know, and then now he's just off the chain. They, you know, any studio will give him whatever he wants for whatever movie he's got. The age that, uh, when Jackie Brown come out, I had turned, uh, I was pretty close to my thirties. So I can, uh, you know, so all of them talking about being older and stuff right. spoke to me. And that's what most people don't get about Jackie Brown. What makes it great is that it is characters getting older. You right. Know? Like that whole speech with uh, her and Robert Foster I'm gray. I used to be better when I was, you know, and he's talking about I got gray hair and all that, you know. I'll tell you a funny story about that. I was such a big fan of Pulp Fiction that I went to see uh, Jackie Brown on the day that it opened, and that was Christmas Day, and I took a date. And it was this girl that I had just started dating. Yeah. And and uh, we went out and to see Jackie Brown on Christmas Day after we were done in the morning with all the family stuff. And uh, we were in the theater. We were the only two people in the theater because it was Christmas, you know? I mean, and it was the matinee show. So we were the only two people in the theater watching Jackie Brown. And since we were still fresh on with our dating, she started trying to, like, grab at my crotch and kiss my neck and stuff. And I had to be like, baby, I'm trying to watch a Tarantino movie here. And (laughs) kept pushing pushing her off me. And uh, needless to say, we did not stay together much longer after that. My Jackie Brown story is I was watching it, and they were like five. It was like I think the day after Christmas, and there were like five of us here, and it got to the high scene, and it got to the money exchange. The yeah. second time it was replaced, two people left. The third time it was replayed, and the other two people left. And then the last time it's replayed, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? I didn't come see the same goddamn scene over again. 
and the rest of the audience but me left the theater. So you got to stay and watch the end all by yourself? <laughs> yeah. It's funny because, like, my mom is a smart woman. She reads a lot. She writes a lot, you know. Yeah. She remembers. She remembers when everyone's birthdays are and anniversaries and everything without yeah. having to write it on the calendar. But uh, whenever I bring up Pulp Fiction, you know, as my favorite movie, she's like, I didn't understand that movie. People were dead, then they came back to life, and I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I'm like, Mom, the timelines were shifting back and forth. And she's like, no, no. Now. And actually, I was going to mention that earlier uh, when you were talking about the Godfather trilogy. Uh, did you know that in Turkey, when they got Pulp Fiction in Turkey, they spliced it together to so that it was a linear storyline because they thought that they had gotten a faulty copy of Pulp Fiction? Oh, and here's another one. This is uh, probably my favorite director of all time. Let's see which one you like the least, and that's El Maestro himself, Sergio Leone. Yeah, Sergio Leone. Am I saying it right? I don't know. I I can't do the accent. Yeah, Sergio Leone. (laughs) Which is your least favorite of his? Oh. I don't know. This is another one that's going to be tough for me. Uh, yeah, because I, I don't know. I like a lot of his flicks. Um, oh, we never finished talking about, I was going to say, uh, before we move on, I was going to mention uh, the John Waters thing I was kind of going to loop back around to with yeah. Pink Flamingos is my favorite uh, John Waters movie. But, again, with the Tarantino thing, I think Pecker is his best movie. You know? Well, I was talking about uh, a few of my gay friends. I asked them if they liked the the message of Pink Flamingos. They're like, what is that? I said, we're here, we're queer, and if you don't like it, we will fucking kill you. (laughs) <laughs> and then later we'll eat poop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, as a director, uh, how Sergio Leone only directed like ten movies, right? Like, uh, he did uh, uh, the Dollars trilogy. And the Once Upon a Time trilogy. The only movie I can think of his that I've never watched more than once is, uh, what's it called, Duck Duck Sucker? Yeah, <laughs> Duck You Sucker, Guila Testa. Yeah, that that's the only one of his movies I can think that I've watched less than once, so I guess if I have to pick it's one, that would right. be my and what's funny is uh, it goes back to your story about Pulp Fiction. When 
If you notice, Once Upon a Time in America and Pulp Fiction had the same narrative structure. Yep, yep, for sure. And when Warner Brothers got it, they decided to edit it into linear structure and cut it from three hours down to 101 minutes. No. No. I have it. I have it on VHS, and it's the full. It's the full length version. Yeah, it's the only movie ever to get best film to be on uh, uh, Gene Siskel's worst and best film of the same year. <laughs> really? Yeah. <Huh. laughs> Because the 101-minute cut is an abomination, and so much hell was raised that the full cut was released within two months. Right. Huh. Crazy. But, yeah, Duck, You Sucker is, as much as I don't like, uh, Fistful of Dollars and uh, Red Harvest. Ducky Sucker. Leone can do a political movie. Right. Because he wasn't into politics. But going back to what you were saying before about uh, Ebert, uh, that that kind of of plays into like... uh, Remember when he gave that scathing review to uh, Brown Bunny after he saw it at the Cannes Film Festival, but then yeah. he saw the he saw the edited version and he was like, oh, "All right, I guess it's not that bad." I don't know. Yeah, towards the end, he uh, sort of got his redeemed himself. He stopped being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I. I like Buffalo sixty six, but I still think uh I still think Brown Bunny is a piece of crap, even the dir- the I guess you'd call it the director's cut. I don't know. The you Brown know. Bunny the whole, the Brown Bunny can be summed up like he wanders around and talks so much, Hey, he's getting a blow job Okay, the movie's over. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm but, glad. Uh, yeah. All I all I can say is I'm glad Vincent Gallo stopped making movies. I like I said I liked Buffalo '66. Don't give a crap about Brown Bunny, and I don't want to see There's another only movie. There's one by great him. thing about Buffalo '66. That's Ben Gazzara. Yeah. Yeah, he's great in that. Yeah. Just that one scene where he's the uh, Gallo takes his girlfriend home and Gazzara's like groping her all over and he's just looking at uh, Gallo like, say something. Say something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? My, oh, and my, speaking um... of uh, Roger Ebert, what's your least favorite. Uh, Darn it. The guy who did Beyond the Valley, Russ Meyer film. Oh, Russ Meyer? 
Yeah. How how are you gonna have a how are you gonna have a Russ Meyer film that you don't like? Have you ever seen Black Snake? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, trust me, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was his last film, and even he hates it. Right. Oh. But it is funny. Uh, uh, Roger Ebert went from went to shitting on things like I spit on your grave and sleazy exploitation and exploitation of women, but he wrote films with fucking Russ Meyer. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, they did Valley. Did they do Valley of the Dolls or Beyond the Valley? Beyond of the, the Valley dolls, of like the Dolls, where he yeah. basically has women walking around with their titties hanging out through the whole film, and then has them all cut, and then has them cut up into nothing. All right. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Uh, yeah. So I can't. Remember off the top of my head who directed Valley of the Dolls? Like the original that was that Valley of the Dolls was more serious. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls was still a drug flick, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. As- Valley of the Dolls basically created camp because it was so campy. It was about Hollywood stars getting hooked on drugs and all that. That's what the title means is the pills or dolls. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Huh. I don't know, man. It Jacqueline Suzanne book. I don't know why the fuck Valley of the Dolls is on Criterion. Yeah, well, I mean... We were talking about that before the show started. There's a lot of crazy stuff on Criterion. I think it has a lot. I think it's a lot like, uh, like something weird video or, uh, you know, a lot of those smaller video companies who have expanded in the last few years who just kind of like buy up whatever properties they can get. Yeah. Well, Something video, something weird. Pretty much, uh, they pretty much uh, shut down business. Yeah, um, I'm I'm friends with Lisa on Facebook, and uh, so basically, you know, so she's more into her art now. Uh, but um, yeah, something weird does like burn to order now. Like if you order a DVD or a Blu-ray from them, they just print it up on the spot and send it to you. They don't, they don't, yeah, they don't distribute to stores anymore. Too expensive. What's your favorite uh, something weird titles that you have? Oh man, come on. Don't put me on the spot like that, man. I got so much something weird. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the one that I've watched the most is uh, Sex by Advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think the one I watch the most because I watch it every Halloween is the DVD of uh, Kiss Me Quick and uh, House on Bear Mountain. Right. Uh, Those are just so much fun nudie films. Well, uh, you know, uh, Sex by Advertisement, right? Have you ever have you seen that one? No. It, uh, so it's pretty, it's pretty fun. Uh, it was directed by Joel Reed, who you know is famous oh, for Joel blood. Reed. Joel, Joel Reed, famous for blood sucking freaks, as you know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, not only do I watch that one quite frequently, and despite the title, there is no actual sex in it. It's uh, it's it's framed as a cautionary tale about yeah. how you you shouldn't answer certain advertisements in the yeah. newspaper because because they might be trying to you know exploit you for sex, uh, you know, and it, you know. You can mystery science theater the crap out of this movie because oh, it's we just did that. so. We guess which one we did last uh, Thanksgiving, and it blew my uh, co-host's mind because he wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> you did a Joel Reed movie or a? Uh, no, the second no. of the Flesh trilogy, The Curse of Her Flesh. Oh yeah. <laughs> If you haven't seen the Flash trilogy, you need to get it. It is just damn. <laughs> it, uh, uh, lines like, you know what they did? What? They were in the bathroom and they were doing an act. Well, what did they do when they seen you? Invited me to join in. <laughs> What it is is about a guy whose wife is cheating on him, so he goes crazy and nearly gets killed and loses his eye, so he goes around killing every woman in the world. <laughs> so it's the male You've seen version it, the of Finley's, uh flesh trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's... this is great. And of course, every Thanksgiving you need to watch Blood Freak. Oh yeah. Well, of course. We'll we'll talk about that when it's time for Thanksgiving, but yeah, uh every Thanksgiving you need to watch Blood Freak. It's the I every every time there's a holiday, I go online and I Google to see what movies I should watch for the holiday and you know, Friday the 13th is an easy one, you know, but I, I always pick a Friday the 13th movie, and then, of course, Labor Day or Memorial Day or anything. I always just Google and see, hey, what, you know, and I always watch horror movies. So I'm always like, all right, what movie should I, should I watch today? What movie should I watch today? But Thanksgiving, I never have to ask. Blood Freak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you're I, looking for a good scary one, it's it's out there in the American Horror Project too, and that would be the child. 
the child. Yeah. That that that's a Thanksgiving one. No, that's one of something weird's best and one of the scariest, legitimately scariest ones they put out. Huh. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, it's creepy as hell. It's a zombie film. Let's see, another good one is, uh, this one y'all be ashamed of seeing California Axe Massacre, a.k.a. Axe, which is definitely out on Blu-ray. Right. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen The Child, and I have more something weird VHS and DVDs than... It's part of the Novak collection. Huh. And another one that you need to watch is The Acid Eaters. Oh, I've yeah, I've got that. I've got that one on on DVD. Yeah. The Acid Eaters is a classic. It's about a guy. It's about book. It's about four. It's about three couples who drive around for a whole weekend, get get stoned on acid, and do weird shit. <laughs> and yep. it has Buck Kardashian in it. Yeah. Any relation to the Kardashians from uh, TV? No, he's the guy who plays like the leader of the foreign country and uh, Jim Cotta. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I'm looking online right now to check out uh, The Child, the Something Weird video version of The Child uh, on DVD is 30 bucks. Ouch. Yeah, any of the Harry Novak titles that something weird put out are expensive. Oh, holy cow. No, wait. $30 is for the used version. The new one is $43. Ouch. Yeah. But the easier way to get it, it's not the cheaper way, is Look up the American Horror Project 2. Right. Yeah. Those those are great sets that uh, Arrow put out. The first one by uh, Arrow, American, uh, uh, that uh, I don't know if it's still in print, but the DVDs are, is uh, The Witch Who Fell from the Sea, uh, The Premonition, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I was talking to you about earlier today, uh, you know, we have quite a few stores around here uh, that sell uh, VHS and DVDs and comic books and toys and all that stuff. But it's funny because we have an older population here. So, like, I'll be standing in line with a handful of uh, something weird VHS tapes in my hand, and, you know, the kid in front of me is just buying Pokemon cards and, uh, you know, 
the new, I don't know, whatever kids listen to on CDs uh. nowadays. So we we actually, uh, you know, Abby and I actually find a lot of really cool stuff that nobody else really cares about because, you know, that's just, like I said, it's a young population, so they're interested in different things. So I, I benefit from that, you know, which is cool. I, you know, I mean, I, I bet most of the kids that that visit the stores around here don't even have uh, VCRs, you know. We have three, so, <laughs> you most know. Most kids nowadays only watch a movie for like 5.2 seconds and decide a movie's boring. Imagine them trying to watch the sleaze that we watch. No way. I know. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, this this was the other thing uh, I was talking to somebody about the other day uh, that's funny is we have four uh, we have four turntables in our house and so we have like one in each room and uh, I was trying to explain that to somebody the other day and they're like, well what do you do for music? And I'm like, well, we have about 400 records. So we just leave a crate of records in each room. And if we want to listen to music, we just break open one, you know, how, how hard is this to understand? Like, what is up? I I don't know. Uh, I know we're, you and I are, Almost yeah. 50 years old. When so I was we're a getting... kid, we had two turntables and a microphone, <laughs> and that's all we needed. <laughs> I, I told one of my coworkers, I'm one bad day away from opening up my window and screaming at the neighborhood kids to get off my lawn. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. Well, yes, Labor Day weekend. They never did make a Labor Day slasher. Nope. Yeah, I know. That's funny. Cause, because you think after the success of Halloween and Friday the 13th, and then you see what, but again, what, what other, uh, what other horror movie celebrates Thanksgiving? We, aside from Blood Freak, uh, we talked oh, about this. Oh, that's a, easy. Uh, Blood Rage, uh, Home seen. Sweet Home. The one with Body by Jake uh, injecting uh, PCP under his tongue and going to a house and killing somebody, killing a bunch of people. Nope. Never seen any of those other movies aside from Blood Freak. Home Sweet nope. Home was hilarious because the first guy gets killed because he gets pissed off by Body by Jake for throwing a beer on the ground. Hey, what the fuck, man? You wasted a beer. <laughs> well, I might kill someone for that too. But then again, <laughs> I'm an alcoholic, so. Well, yeah, uh, blood rage is uh, definitely a Thanksgiving cult classic. That's one of those you have to see. It's the best movie with Ted Raimi as a guy who's selling condoms like. Uh, Drug dealer sells dope at a drive-in. I met Ted Raimi once, and uh, we were in a meeting. Uh, I was in a meeting, 
with a guy, and Ted Ramey showed up for his meeting, and he just kind of came in to the room, even though it wasn't time for his meeting yet. And uh, he walked into the meeting and was like, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. And then he said to the guy who he was supposed to be meeting with when my meeting was over, your secretary is hot. I would drink her bath water. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I guess I'm done here now. I'll 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 leave. <laughs> oh god damn, I can't touch that shit. Bye. <laughs> All right, gotta go. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for listening, and have a good Labor Day. We probably won't have a show this weekend because we have birthday stuff for my mom this Saturday, and next week I have the proceed. I have a uh, procedure on Friday, so I probably might do a show Wednesday, but I probably will just be resting up for that because. I'm going to be nervous and blah the whole week. So, thank you guys for listening. Happy Labor, happy, uh, Labor Day weekend, and watch more sleazy movies. Yes, indeed. All right, thanks for having me, Stephen. Good times, as always. Good night. Have a good one. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.